Hello everyone. Welcome to my show once again. This is Manage Better, your show for getting better. Just a quick introduction to the show and then we'll jump into it because I have three guests for you today. We all struggle with achieving our goals, right? You, your friends, colleagues at work, all of us, we all struggle with achieving our goals. And it's not always about uh, not achieving our goals because of capability or resources. It can be more things as well, right? And some companies always seem to be achieving what they set out to be or they come really close you know google is one such company there are many such companies that will come to mind where over the years they've kind of set the benchmark for peak performance how do they do it what is their secret sauce while researching for the show i looked at several things and found that they definitely had a way of achieving their goals in a very systematic manner and quite unlike many other i would say companies and around in those of you who are familiar or you know reading books quite a bit will remember this book uh, measure what matters by john doer we will talk about this book a little bit during the show because this is very very foundational for this uh, episode so today's episode is around okrs and as some of you may already know okrs is short for objectives and key results and the okrs whole concept actually is concept itself is not new you know from the time that we've been managing and, and you know in an earlier avatar there were mbos managing by management by objectives so there is an improvement over it there is no software around it but why is it catching fire right now you know there is everybody is around it there are of course software companies jumping into it building products there are consulting companies there are coaches who are coming into it so i thought this is a fantastic topic for uh, our show and that's why we are here it is time to invite my first guest and i'll introduce him a little bit and then bring him into the stream so vedyanathan ramalingam vedya for all of us is ceo of okr stars a leading okr product and services company vedya hi welcome to the show and any opening comments from you thanks for the introduction and i think i look forward for more discussion thank you Thanks, man. So my next guest today is Sinam Lula. Sinam is a business coach and peak performance strategist at OKR Edge. Hi, Sinam. And uh, any opening comments from you, Sinam, as we get into the show? Sure. Thanks for having me, first of all. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, OKRs originally caught on because it was, hey, that's what made Google, Google. But it's been interesting in the last year since, you know, we've been in the post-COVID world that it actually relates now to what you call your show, which is Manage Better. Companies are looking at it as a solution to aligning 50% of knowledge workers now work remotely. So aligning them and still responding to the rapid changes we're experiencing. So love the correlation. Sure. Thanks. Thanks. And welcome to the show again. And my last but not the least guest on the show is Senthil Rajagopalan. So Senthil is president and CEO at Profit.co. He's very passionate about customer and employee engagement. And he's known for spending a lot of his time, sometimes more than half of his time with customers. Welcome, Senthil. Yeah. Thanks, Anshman. Pleased to be on the call. Uh, we're quite excited. And, you know, I, I think we are actually seeing the spread of OKRs, you know, from their uh, original home of Silicon Valley to, you know, multiple verticals, you know, particularly in the last 12 months, right? We are even seeing unusual verticals like governments, state governments and central governments adopting across the world. So the word has spread and people are really looking for more information on just not on what on OKRs, but, you know, how do you really adopt, you know, what are the best practices, you know, how can you really execute that? 
And I think this show is a great attempt to, you know, spread the word regarding OKR. Thanks, Santil. So this is to Vedya and of course, mm-hmm. others can chip in. But why do we need OKRs um, at all? You know, why can't we do it, do an Excel or why can't we just run like we run today? Why do we need OKRs? Okay, uh, thanks, Ansuman. I would relate this question to two more aspects. One is how it connects today for us to manage better. Second one, how it differs from the traditional performance management model. So since 1968, this OKR was introduced at Intel by Andy Grove, then John Doerty in 1974. Then he published a book called Measure What Matters in 2017. Since then, right after the implementation at Google, most of the tech sector companies in Silicon Valley started following the OKR. So why OKR? So connecting to manage better and the traditional model. So in traditional model, we focus on what part, but in OKR, we follow what and how part. So better manage goals. So that's the first point. Second point is timeline. So in traditional, we do pretty much in uh, annual appraisal or quarterly affair and so on. So this is nothing to do with exact timeline, but the timeline in OKR is typically quarterly. So we can do check-ins, quarterly course correction, clone the OKR from prior quarter to the subsequent quarter. So timeline is more rigorously followed in quarterly basis, not from only timeline, but better manage timeline in terms of course correction, cloning, and revisiting, and so on. Third one is visibility. Traditional model, it is between the manager and employee. It is siloed and private. It's like a chess game played by two people. Whereas in OKR, it is like a cricket or kabaddi or you know baseball. All can watch. It is live. Everyone knows what is going on. So you have collective ownership. So thereby OKR brings in the better visibility to better manage. Fourth is alignment. The alignment in traditional method is typically top to bottom. Whereas in OKR is a horizontal, I would say 360 degree, not only top to bottom, not only bottom up, but also horizontal and cross line. Fifth point is linking to compensation benefits. So in traditional method, it is it is like it promotes the individual uh, results and the individual contribution. Whereas in OKR per se, it doesn't, it is loosely coupled. It does, is, is, it is not necessarily that you need to link with compensation so that better manage your compensation separately, but not necessarily it is directly proportional to your OK. Last point, but not the least, the goal type in OKR and uh, the traditional MBO method management by objective is goal type is uh, not that much risk hours but in uh, always promotes aspirational, aggressive, audacious, and so on. So all these six points we see, it is not that we didn't know how to do performance management, but it's all about what is best thing to do. That's how the book says. That's how the globally all of us are following. I think fantastic opening, Vedya. Thanks much. So Sinem, bringing you into the mix. Uh, so Vedya gave a, a succinct opening to why why do we need this at all, right? And, so can you take a couple of minutes maybe to summarize to make it real? You know, how does it work in real life? Sure. You know, so yes, Vedya pointed out all the superpowers of OKR. So, but but the crux of it is, as we said, the acronym is objectives and key results, right? So the first question people typically ask is, well, why do I have to break a goal into O and KR? You, you, I'm used to writing it as a single sentence in, you know, KPIs or MBOs. So the O is basically 
the fundamental question, which direction are we headed in? And the key results basically measure the success of how, how far along are we in that direction. And just because Google does it or because John Doerr wrote a book about it is not a reason to break your goal into ONKRs. It's essentially the tool that helps you execute on your organizational strategy. And a strategy cannot just have one success metric. So your strategy is the O, and there are multiple metrics that will basically flesh out as key results to tell you whether that strategy is working or not. And, you know, so simple example, if you're somebody who's going to say grow revenue by a million dollars, the grow revenue part is the objective, while million dollars is the key result. But if we were being honest with ourselves and we asked the question, we can't just throw grow revenue by a million dollars as as a goal, because mm -hmm. in order to grow revenue, you're going to need to build product features. You're going to need to build, you know, pipeline. You're going to need to have some marketing metrics, whether it is brand awareness or performance marketing. All of those become the key results and growing the revenue is your strategy or the objective. So that's kind of the essence of it. And the idea that you manage it on 90 day cycle, which, you know, Vedya said is one of the critical pieces besides being, you know, stretch goal, transparent, collaborative, top-down, bottom-up, all of those things is A, the hyper-focus that it brings in the 90-day cycle. But more importantly, as human beings, we respond better or are motivated more when we see frequent wins and we have the opportunity to calibrate four times over a year rather than wait for an entire year and look back in the rear view and say, hey, did that happen? Did that not happen? And how does it correlate to the, what I do in the organization, right? What's my sense of purpose? So the biggest value that it brings in, in this 90-day cycle is that the quick wins really, really motivate teams with a sense of purpose and give them the opportunity to pivot if required. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, thanks, Sinem, for making it real for us. So obviously, moving on from a concept, as they explained, and you kind of fleshed it out a little bit. So let's move to Senthil. My question to you is more around and the, the you run of course you know like where also does you run a company that provides uh, software and uh, service related services as well so why do we need a software for this this is simple right so i have an objective at work you know my boss gives me a set of objectives i note it down we meet at the end of six months or sometimes a year so you know, this everybody does. So while Veda and Sinam kind of fleshed it out a little bit, I wanted you to bring the need for a software perspective. How does it work? Why not Excel? Sure. I, I think Anshuman, uh, in, in fact, I mean, you touched upon a great point, and I wanted to really answer that by giving a real-world experience, right, which we experienced with a customer of ours. And in fact, quite a good chunk of our customers actually are people who have decided to implement OKRs and have spent a quarter or two trying to do that with spreadsheets. This was a customer who was actually outside the Silicon Valley, but still in the US. And the CMO, the chief marketing officer, wanted actually the company to, at least her department, to transform because she identified a lot of nimble-footed startups from Silicon Valley. And she wanted you know, her team to implement OKRs and really execute like Silicon Valley. So that was a brief. She had read the book. You know, She had actually brought in her reports, excited them about the concept of OKRs, got their buy-in, and then said, let's go out and implement OKRs, right? Let's just use spreadsheets for this first quarter and let's try out and let's try to emulate Silicon Valley. So what happened? 
the department leaders took the message. They briefed their teams about OKRs, gave them general guidance, right? And the managers and individual contributors attempted to define the OKRs in an Excel sheet, right? Problem one, the template was very difficult to enter for users and a lot of errors cropped up, right? People started maintaining multiple versions and they started sharing the spreadsheets by emails, right? Some people complained that, hey, my OKRs have been overwritten by others and there's a very difficult way to track, right? So, and also, you know, tracking alignment. Alignment is one of the superpowers of OKRs. That became a big problem. So one of their objective was to create a great digital marketing team. So which means there was contribution to be done by the marketing team itself, contribution to be done by the recruitment team, by the you know talent development team, by all of them. But each of them were actually having their own Excel sheets and they were not really, you know, the objectives and key results were not really aligned. So this, you know, and slowly people started, you know, complaining. Managers and contributors started complaining that, oh, this whole exercise is quite laborious, sucking up a lot of my time, not allowing me to do the real work, right? But in particular, you know, people really dreaded the meetings they had with the CMO because they had to prepare really several weeks ahead. They had to collect data from multiple Excel sheets, clean up the data, create reports. And then, you know, by the time they went and presented, the reports became outdated. And the CMO's experience, it, it was not great either, right? She had to wait for the review meetings to get a sense of what is the progress of various teams, right? She really didn't have any scoreboard, which she can go. She didn't have, you know, reports and dashboard, nothing was there. So if you really look at three classes of users in an OKR implementation, right, which would be the executives who want, you know, a transformation to happen. You want the managers who are the people who are actually providing the second level of leadership and making things happen. And then the individual contributors who will have to enter the data on a weekly basis and do the check-ins on a weekly basis and, and see, and, and more importantly, see the alignment, see the scoreboard. That's one of the most important benefit of OKRs, right? And, you know, so far, sales teams actually have a scoreboard and they are available and they are quite aware of how the entire team is performing. Most of the other teams don't have this you know, complete scoreboard, right? OKRs, you know, having a good OKR software gives you the complete scoreboard. So obviously they came to us and we worked with them, implemented, you know, software and within a quarter, right, obviously most of these problems vanished and, and the OKR effort, which was threatened to be, you know, derailed because people thought the problem with the spreadsheets was actually the problem with the OKRs, right? So there was a lot of bad rap OKRs were getting and that was actually solved. And obviously the CMO is a quite a happy lady now. Yes, I think good points. So I was uh, provoking you a little bit by bringing Excel in, but, you know, I think thanks for not falling for the provocation. So coming back to your response, until I think uh, very well said, I, I would like to summarize also this this section uh, where you all brought in your thoughts is, of course, we need OKRs because we need to achieve our goals. The traditional methods that we've been using for 25, 30 years were not getting most of our companies to the goals that we wanted to. And some companies were getting there, including Google, like all of you said, and several other companies where John Doerr supported. So that brings us to the the what part. And, and you also explained very succinctly as to how uh, software can actually help. And then we are neither here proposing a software, not propagating. People who want to use Excel can use it for one or two quarters, uh, learn the concept. So that is, that's a good um, segue into my next section, which is around experiences. Let me go to Vedya and see if he has any example from his experience or is his client base and he can share something with us on how some company used OKRs to, to achieve what they wanted to achieve and what was their lesson learned. Okay. So I would answer like this. So we have segments of customers 
and then geographically also so said meaning you don't have anything to do now mm-hmm. but you want to do directly go to okr or mm-hmm. you have something in excel sheet in okr but you want automation third one is you have the traditional mbo based performance management which does the smart goal approach but then you want to upgrade to something the analogy i would say you don't have telephone you want iphone you have button phone you want iphone you want a phone economical 5g now you can see mm. the variant this is a one of the segment wise analogy second one is geographical based in us or our outside india they are very clear they don't want mixi or grinder india yes. mix grinder washing machine refrigerator all in one single sign on single database single authentication all in one anyway we don't want to debate about it coming to the, my point so customers in india to be very specific response to your question and suman they have little uh, not clear about okay still so we thank cnm kind of coaches because it's not a buying treadmill you know you need to have coach to reduce the weight treadmill you know you can put for uh, some 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 for other purposes without coach orientation the transformation culture shift cannot happen so we first educate the customer in india some of the experience two three experiences in indian customers is basically they will ask you know the score not to be disclosed first of all okr is 100% transparent there is nothing like secret like the cricket match i was talking about it is not a chess mm-hmm. game so this is one uh, one kind of issue second only this mixi grinder example i told they want all in one you cannot have a compensation you cannot have luckily they didn't tell matrimonial site to also be linked so far otherwise <laughs> the matrimonial site because they want a single they don't mind installing 50 apps on their mobile they don't mind when it comes mm. to hr yes when it comes to okr they want all in one so my conclusion is please be specific think are you in a button phone or alexander graham bell their old phone or a iphone or a smartphone what is your destiny who is your coach are you having clarity on your road map first think about it consult coach or talk to us we will guide you so then take it don't jump into directly you know conclusion that i will go and buy this tool or i will use this particular template i can go fantastic i i like the mixi and grinder one so we will do another show where they are on only mixi <laughs> and grinder and maybe with a different audience but that kind of lays the ground quite well so and and it also reminded me of of a quote i often use you know it is attributed to bill gates um, that we overestimate what we can achieve in a year and underestimate what we can do in a decade so that same thing applies to okr as well if you want to change what you haven't been for 25 years in one quarter one year that's not going to happen but if you give it 2 3 years you know a lot can happen so that's that's broadly it sinam bringing you into the stream now so any examples from your set of clients uh, interesting example mixi grinder might be too much to uh, <laughs> often act to follow but but something yeah something from your experience where you feel that that could help the audience understand what is uh, all this and then we move on to the next set of questions Sure. Yeah, that is a tough act to follow, Vedya. I don't know if I can <laughs> match that. But you know, over the last two years, I would say I've done about twenty-four, twenty-five OKR coaching implementations, and uh, it, it's been phenomenal. Some of those companies are on their way to becoming unicorns in India. But given the nature of my work, I you know cannot mention a lot of the companies. But a particular client that I can talk about and would love to talk about is this company called Tavant. You probably would be familiar because you're in similar line of. 
of work. They're 900 employees strong, headquartered in Santa Clara with offices in India in different cities and in a very competitive industry, which is, you know, product development that is outsourced. And uh, I coached them for about a year and it has been phenomenal. And phenomenal, why? Because my benchmark for success is how well is a company managing its OKR program after I stop coaching? Does it self-sustain or does it fizzle down, you know, because it was a shiny penny syndrome? And for them, it's been now over one and a half years. And, you know, they, the discipline that they've had, the approach that they've had, which is more enablement, not enforcement, which is kind of sometimes, you know, things that companies in India default to, and they've not done that. And also, uh, you know, having a core OKR management team that has made the program bigger and better. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the show, but there is this New York news channel that always says at 10 o'clock, do you know where your children are? And so I kind of do that check with my clients, you know, from time to time, even if I'm not with them. And when I just checked with them, actually last week, they said they are hitting all their business and cultural transformation goals with OKR successfully. So that to me is success. No, very, very well said. And the and this is fantastic that, you know, you, you can check with your clients or you do check with your clients after maybe the assignment is quote unquote over, right? So I, I mean, all consultants know that the assignment is never over because things change and life moves. So yeah, so thank, thanks for this. So moving on, I wanted to kind of get to the how do we do this we've now invested about half an hour into what is this and how does it um, really look like i wanted to bring senthil in once again and senthil the question to you is a little bit of a what could be the key steps if we if some of our audience or our companies want to implement this so what would be your recommendation on key steps for implementing okr yeah so the anshuman the first step would be right for the executive team or the leadership team to take a step back, right? And really look at what do they intend to achieve from implementing, by implementing OKRs. OKRs is a means towards an end, right? There are hundreds of management theories and frameworks out there. And why do, why are OKRs so hard today and practiced by the top companies, right? Of today's era, right? Like what Steve Jobs used to say about Apple products, right? It, it's just because they simply work, right? They work. And they seem to work with the leaders. So, but first, in your context, try to understand right, what are the problems that you're trying to solve with OKRs. Right? And I ask these questions to our customers, and some of the answers I get are that we really want to bridge the strategy execution gap. Right? Bulk of our company at the second, third level seem to be not aware of the strategy. Right? We do have a balanced scorecard, but we don't know how to implement. Right? Or, you know, we want to build a high-performance team, right? And we want OKRs to be the way to do it. Or we want to improve execution. We want to build in a culture of accountability. And uh, of course, we know we want to take stretch goals and take moonshots. And we really want to move away from business as usual. Right? So these are some of the problems that OKRs can solve. Right? So when once the executive team, right, leadership team, right, they need to develop the conviction. Right? This is something which we absolutely need to implement. And this will be have to be looked upon almost like a business transformation type of an exercise because OKRs is not just about you know goals and planning, but it's really an execution framework, right? How to translate your strategy to reality. So, you know, the steps I would say are first, the executive team gets the conviction, right? You and then you know you really have to create a sense of urgency right among the next level, right? Because starting off another management program 
there could be some skepticism you know among people so it's it's very very important to say that you know it is not business as usual you build a consensus at the second level and then you know the leadership team should choose right because focus is so important right what do you want to really achieve in the next 12 months what do you want to really achieve in the next 3 months and then follow you know clearly define them right absolutely they can take the help of uh, coaches and then they really define what would be their objectives and key results at the corporate level or at the business unit level which are way they are implementing and then invite the second level of leadership right to define their own objectives and key results and align them in a bottom up way right so that actually builds up a lot of employee engagement and builds up employee empowerment and that sets a real tone right to do this but after that right planning is a part which most people get it and it's really talked about but in my view really execution is the key so out of the 13 weeks in a quarter you're going to be spending one week in planning and 12 weeks in execution and during that execution what really keeps this moving is nothing but executive will and ensuring there's a culture of check-ins and reviews right happening on a week on week basis right on week on week basis you do check-ins right, using a good software where you would also write the comments about what is your confidence level of achieving a particular key result by the end of the quarter and then you absolutely you know go on it relentlessly and use the review meetings right to really talk about the interdependencies that exist between different departments and you know what is working what is not working most importantly talk about you know the problems that we are having and also ensure that you really allocate a one day in a month right to ensure that you have a brown bag learning session celebrate successes and keep on moving till the 13th week right and during the 13th week have a reflect reset session right where you really review key result after key result and see what has been achieved what has not been achieved and then you know that you know definitely celebrate successes and absolutely learn from failures and have a culture promote a culture there's a strong cultural element to this right promote a culture which really really rewards experimentation and tolerates failures and encourages people to learn you know from those mistakes and if you really have a good team and if you've had the buy in from the team and if you have a good software to go along with it all of this should be baked in into the process and and the first quarter becomes a learning experience where you have really learned how this whole thing works and you know people really learn that okay it's good to have aspirational goals it's good to have stretch goals and you know make only 60% of it 70% of it so that people are not worried about you know really you know taking stretch targets right so to that extent first two quarters i would even encourage people to delink you know okrs from performance management right people don't have to worry about how this really you know is going to impact my bonus and so on and so forth right so you have this approach go through one quarter learning quarter next quarter you will get better probably by the fourth quarter right you will be you know doing very very well and you will be achieving things much more than what you believed was possible so that would be the approach yeah i think so so santil i'm mean, pretty relatable and it's you know i will urge my audience to try and understand this way that this is no different from any sound management method implementation right so uh, that is what you do and and parallel to running or any other sport that you may want if you want to run a marathon you don't run a marathon in your first attempt right you take some time you you learn the ropes you make your body tuned in for that you prepare for it and maybe in 2 to 3 quarters you will get there you know most people who enroll for a marathon program want to run the marathon in the first run which only leads to injury and uh, only helps the orthopedic doctor get some more clients so unless you are in that category take this advice uh, were there anything to add uh, to what uh, senthil said in terms of implementation uh, advice based on your clients yeah i agree with uh, senthil it is more of yes the clarity at top level 
and then second point is minus one minus two from ceo is the focus to start with keep away the performance management and probably the composition part third point is once you inspire the team clarity at that execution level top level cxo level minus one minus two then bring department or you know team level project level and individual contributor then slowly induct them also in this process of transformation journey along with coach and uh, the clarity and the intent and the execution i think it will go success but i like the word execution is a key execution mm. is a key you can buy anything you can install any software i think we should start with ceo minus 1 minus 2 subsequently then induct the next level of people and the don't and tool the tool will do magic of course tool vendors like us we will anyway do better job but then your coach your 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 own internal people and the sponsoring body should have clarity so then i think your attempt will be success fair enough thank thanks madam sinam moving into the last section of the show uh, the question for you more is like everything else this can't be perfect right so obviously some places it goes wrong and we can learn from where others have gone wrong so since you consult with uh, the companies and as a coach you might have seen much more things going wrong as well so what are the key lessons that we can draw from what others have where others have tripped and maybe the audience can avoid their those pitfalls yeah absolutely so i mean first of all at the peril of losing business for all three of us here i am going to take a step backward and say okrs are not for everyone so just because you picked up this book at the airport and you took a long flight and you read the book and you land don't come to your chief of strategy and say hey let's just go ahead and do okrs don't fix what's not broken if you have an organization that already has a strong culture of high performance and things are working don't look to okrs just because it's a new thing so that's one and if you do evaluate that okrs is something that you need as senthil correctly said almost always the answer is there is a gap of translation of strategy from the top level down to the frontline leads if you do identify that as a gap or alignment as the gap or you know the need for focus on you know goals on a quarterly basis whatever your reasoning may be take the time and that's especially what i do with organizations is to tailor the program for your organization the example i always give is you know there's hundreds of great recipes of dum biryani one is not better than the other so every recipe is good but and it is for the liking of the people who are consuming it so again we have two you know incredibly good tools over here but if you and i've had the pleasure of using both the tools both tools are great but they probably serve different audiences so evaluate what you want from your okr programs have okr for okrs and then tailor the program to your organizational needs and then have the patience to execute on that for a year because again like everybody else here has said it is not a magic wand that's going to turn cinderella from a housekeeper to a princess it's takes its own time and there is skepticism involved in different people that needs to be tackled so the buy in the change management the cultural transformation all of that is painstaking the communication for it has to be robust so you give yourself three quarters to really start hitting the high notes and the one last thing that i do want to emphasize which also both senthil and vedya mentioned is that i notice a tendency to draw a straight line link between okrs and individual compensation evaluation there couldn't be a worse plan than that for the simple reason that if you want people to stretch 
for the moon so that we can at least land among the stars. And then you tell them, hey, buddy, I am going to compensate you on the basis of this. Tell me which employee in the world will not sandbag their goals. So that correlation is the worst thing ever to do. As Senthil correctly said, de-link them for some period of time. Let people learn OKRs, you know, and don't put the horse before the cart. Let them learn first. Identify the right tool that works for you. Get into the execution mode and then address what is a holistic individual performance evaluation piece that works for your organization in alignment with what your OKR approach is. Uh, well summarized. These are uh, the, certainly most people who will start this will will face. Amitabh wants to uh, know what are some training programs. So Amitabh, uh, there are quite a lot of uh, programs available. And as always on every topic, there are some free uh, programs also available, which will give you some good overview on the websites of all the three speakers. You can check YouTube for basic introductory video as well. I hope this show itself will become one introductory video available on for most people. If somebody wants to summarize this, I think this will be a good summary to the session as well. Goals and results have always been there. What is fundamentally different with OKR? So from my side, as I said, the performance management is there since 1954 when the MBO was introduced by Peter Drucker. But then all that we are saying is OKR is a so-called the best method that are currently evolving. And it has six key differences, as I mentioned in the earlier alignment, focus, what and how part, transformation, timeline, transparency, adocious. So these are the fundamental ingredients that makes OKR become more friendly today are most popular in CXOs. How is OKR different from a balanced scorecard implementation? It's a big subject, but essentially <laughs> the two approaches are are very different. As Senthil had pointed before also, while balanced scorecard at the organization level breaks into four quadrants uh, and then you can measure you know, business, customer impact, etc. rather easily at that level, the challenge with balanced scorecard is that it does not translate as simply and easily down to the frontline leads the way OKRs do. In, in the OKR methodology, every single person in the organization is able to have very clear outcomes on a 90-day cycle that they can, you know, sort of work towards, understand how it aligns with the overall organizational strategy versus what organizations have experienced with balanced scorecard is, yes, leadership understands the four quadrants, but how does it translate down to the day-to-day work every single person does? It is a very difficult mechanism and there has not been an effective tool built like the way you know these guys have built tools around OKRs that can allow you to create that translation. Yeah, I think really well said. You know, so like most of us who have worked with balance scorecards earlier, it is fantastic to see your strategy evolve in four quadrants. But as all of us know, the strategy itself is not enough. You still need to get it done. And that is where OKRs really, really come into their own because, you know, they help us get it done. One last question, Dhruv asked, how long does it take to implement OKR to reach um, steady state? So I think partly we had answered, but if you want to elaborate the answer, generally a year. Uh, one quarter to start and it takes about a year. But if any one of you want to amplify the answer, please go ahead. Sure, maybe I'll, I can take a shot at it. And we have uh, seen different sizes of teams, you know, from 500 size, you know, 500 member, let's say a funded startup to 100,000 people, IT services company. 
So what I would we have always seen is that the first quarter is the learning quarter, and you really start like what Vaidya also mentioned before at the leadership level and maybe two levels below for the first quarter, right? And use that learning, build the consensus, and make sure that the discipline of check-in everything is done. And then you know from the second quarter onwards, you've set the tone, right, in terms of what how the goals should be defined, right, as objectives. What percentage should be stretched goals versus you know committed goals. And you know, as you have, people have learned from the entire thing in one quarter, right? The second quarter, really, people start, you know, getting into steady state. And we have seen uh, two to three quarters, and in large companies, you know, maybe four quarters, you know, people absolutely reach the steady state. And uh, software probably contributes to twenty-five to thirty percent of it. But the remaining thing is to have a, the executive will and having a great uh, methodology framework and relentlessly focus on execution. Right? You, you will reach that. Yeah, I think I, I I'm reminded what Vedya also said that you can you can get your treadmill, but you could end up using it for other purposes. That's an example that many of us will probably recall after the session as well. So that pretty much brings the show to an end. The purpose of bringing this topic to you is that this is a topic that a lot of people are talking about, and not only talking about now, a lot of people are doing something about it, right? So it is no longer a Silicon Valley subject. It's no longer an IT services company subject. It is a subject that all of us can who have goals, and and I can't think of anybody who doesn't have goals, right? And if you if you have those goals and you have had difficulty achieving them over a period of time. All of us have had. There is a fantastic method out there in in the market, which actually is helping a lot of companies, small and big, small, medium, big, actually all sizes. And, and if anybody has a doubt as to can it work for big companies, Google used it, right? So there is no bigger company today than Google. So if Google uses it and you know gets all the results that they do, obviously nobody is saying that Google doesn't miss any goals, but they get more than what they miss, much much more than what they miss. Right, so that's the reason why I thought I'll bring this topic, and and many thanks to my guests Vedya, Sinam, and Santil for taking time out and sharing their experiences. Really, so the wisdom is all there in the book that we all refer to, but it is the experience that uh, hopefully came uh, through in the in the responses. So with that, I bring this show to an end. Thank you to my audience and the speakers. Thank you.